0: Good morning, Birdland. I'm Mark Brown. Once again, here on October the 11th, 2023, it is not a very good morning at all. The Orioles have been swept out of the postseason. Our dreams for 2023 are over. They lost to the Texas Rangers on Tuesday night, and that's it. That's all she wrote for the season. That 7-1 defeat was the third straight by the Orioles in the series, and it's a sweep. The Orioles, of course, have not been swept in more than a season, or hadn't been in the regular season, more than a season and a half. Now they have been swept here in the postseason at the worst possible time. The streak will still live because that kind of stuff only counts for the regular season. But at this point, that almost makes it more annoying because every smug jerkwad is going to come along and say, well, actually, it doesn't count since they got swept in the postseason. You know, these are the same people who... If someone ever carries over a hitting streak from the end of one season to the start of the next, we'll come along and say, oh, it couldn't possibly count if this player passes the Joe DiMaggio hitting streak. But it would count. But it would be a different achievement also, and that's fair to say. And unfortunately, it's not really an asterisk on the Orioles' continuing no-sweep series, but the fact is the uh, the series was not—the or the, the streak, it's not over, but— uh, they got swept in the postseason, and that sucks. The Orioles, you know, to end that talk, they would have just needed to win one game in this series, and they couldn't do it. In Game 3, Dean Kramer gave up six runs in one and two-thirds innings, including two home runs that plated a total of four runs, and the Orioles' offense combined for six hits, three of which were recorded by Gunnar Henderson. Over the course of the whole series... Cedric Mullins batted zero. So did Adam Frazier in slightly fewer at-bats. Adley Rutschman batted 083 over the series. Ryan Mountcastle batted 182. Ryan O'Hearn, 200. Grayson Rodriguez was not good in game two. Dean Kramer was worse in game three. I think the path to winning the series, or at least not getting swept, involved some of these guys doing better. And... I guess, you know, also if the pitching did not work out such that Jacob Webb and Brian Baker featured so prominently, which was regrettable, but again, I mean, that was their, their even appearing at all was contingent on players who I think the Orioles were really counting on to have a good series for the Orioles to be able to win. Like even in game one, you know, Kyle Bradish not being able to finish the fifth, I he wasn't horrible. Certainly he wasn't as bad as Rodriguez ended up being in Game 2 or Kramer in Game 3. But Bradish didn't do a whole lot of the job to help the Orioles win that game. And, of course, they ended up not going on to win the game. I'm really sad about it, man. I try not to get sad about the Orioles. I try really hard because, I mean, honestly, you know, it's a defense mechanism given how much they have lost over the entirety of my adult lifetime. And, you know, if I'm going to go around getting sad about the Orioles all the time, like, that would be a pretty sad existence. Like, I can be sad about the Orioles, but it doesn't make me sad, if you know what I mean. It's rare. It's rare that the Orioles get me, but this one did it. And, you know, I never even believed they would win this series. Genuinely, honestly, I didn't think that— the offense was going to rebound from the last two weeks of the regular season. And indeed, two of the three games that they lost, the offense did not rebound from whatever was going on in the regular season. But nonetheless, I didn't think it would go like this. That sucked. You know, game three, especially just getting blasted in the early innings of the game. So it was basically just like a seven-inning dour march towards the death of the season that I was... Disgusted by and couldn't turn away from, you know, because obviously you can't give up in a postseason game, but also, of course, it wasn't going to go any better. Uh, same, you know, it, it wasn't a series ender in game two, but like you knew once the grand slam was served up in game two that it was over, and ultimately the Orioles did come back. And what amounts to postseason garbage time? They made it 11 to 8, whatever, but let's not kid ourselves. Uh, It wouldn't have gone so well if the uh, if the Orioles weren't behind so much and, you know, the Rangers just didn't care. And then uh, they came back and still the door was closed on the end. But again, I didn't think it would go like this in this series. You know, that sucked. And I won't say that this getting swept here sucked all the fun out of the 2023 season, but it did suck out my being able to enjoy it for a while. It's true, every year, 29 teams don't win the World Series, and most years, the Orioles have this realization, or fans have it about the Orioles, it sinks in a lot earlier than October the 10th. So, that's a plus. But couldn't the Orioles have just won one game? Come on. I said in the last episode I was in the acceptance phase of grief, but I think I was lying to myself and in turn to you. Really, I was still in the bargaining phase, because I just wanted them to win one. Just one. Can you find a way to win one? No. No, it didn't matter. You know, the year-long water antics, all the camaraderie that came out of that, all of the, oh, they're going to win it for Brooks' thoughts after Brooks Robinson passed away. No, none of it None of it won the 2023 Orioles, a single postseason game. And now that the Minnesota Twins got their postseason demon exercised, at least as far as winning a game or indeed a series as they uh, won their wildcard series, the Orioles, regrettably, are not terribly far behind that now with eight straight postseason defeats going back to the 2014 ALCS. So next year is going to be 10 years since that started, and that stinks. But, I mean, do you know what really roped me in? I, it's Again, I didn't even think they would win this series, but I did get excited in part for getting to do this podcast, and I spent time thinking about, oh, man, how am I going to get to cover the team here on this show and on CamdenChat.com? How am I going to make sure the staff can bring exciting content to Orioles fans as long as they're in the postseason? It was really exciting to think about all of that. I have had a lot of years writing about bad Orioles teams. It was fun to think about my site And my podcast, getting to talk about the Orioles in the postseason for a while in October, it was fun. And that didn't matter either. Three losses, they're done, it's over. You know, rather than giving myself a fun goal of doing a podcast episode after every game, it turned out that I assigned myself a short-lived hex, uh, being obligated, more or less, to do that. And now all that we can say is the same refrain of every year of the entirety of my life, maybe next year. At least next year, unlike many over the last decade or indeed the last 25 years, we can tell ourselves and really maybe believe it it, that next year might go better, at least in the postseason, than this. I will be right back after a message from a Fans First Sports Network sponsor. After the game, manager Brandon Hyde was asked if he counts the 2023 season as a success. And he replied to the assembled beat reporters, quote, How can I not? We were supposed to win 76 games, won 101, won the AL East. Really proud of our group. Nobody gave us a chance. These guys played their butts off for six months. End quote. I'm reminded again of Adam Jones, who was asked a similar question, Fresh after the Orioles getting swept by the Royals in the 2014 ALCS, Jones was asked how he feels about the season, and he replied, effing awesome. Except, of course, he said a different word other than effing. And you know what? If Jones could say that really fresh in within an hour, I think, of getting swept, or if Hyde can say it within about 30 minutes of getting swept, I think we can all take... Those comments to heart. You know, the 2014 Orioles season, it was awesome, even if I hate how it ended. And now, so is the 2023 Orioles season. It was awesome. Unfortunately, now it's in the past tense. And I am not fully prepared to have that realization about the 2023 team. It's quite at this moment. I'm just not ready for it. Uh, As Legolas says to Aragorn in Peter Jackson's Fellowship of the Ring movie, as they uh, rest in Lorien after the death of Gandalf. For me, I cannot speak of it. For me, the grief is still too near. I do think about this series, though, as we, there were a couple of comments made by the Fox announcers over the course of Game 3. And at one point, the play-by-play guy, whose name I forget, I'm sorry, guy, he said, the more that he watches the postseason the more he's convinced that nothing from the regular season matters. And you know what? I think that is the attitude you really have to try and take about the postseason. It is not meant to crown the best team in baseball as the champion. It is just meant to crown a playoff champion, a World Series champion from among the teams that were good to great. Or not even necessarily good because... Some years, and this is especially more likely to occur since the kind of cockamamie uh, three wild card spots per league situation has come along. And indeed, this year, you had 284-win teams in the postseason on the National League, which is a joke. But there's too much money in expanding the postseason, so that's what MLB did. So, like, all of that just adds it more to... It's not that the regular season doesn't matter at all, but it's just that anything can happen over a short series between two teams, neither of which is that much better than the other. Um, And so here we are, you know, and even John Smoltz, who I don't really like as an analyst, said something that I thought is absolutely correct. He noted that if you play this series back 10 times, Things are going to go better for the Orioles in some of them, perhaps even half of them. And I think that's another way you have to try and look at it. I don't, you know, it's not much consolation right now that uh, if this was played again, the Orioles would do better. The only one we're going to get is the one we got, and it was this, and that stinks. And the thing to avoid, I guess, is having a bunch of knee-jerk panic and deciding, oh, such-and-such player is never going to win in a big game. He's never going to show up in a postseason series. Like, I think it is very important for fans to resist that tendency. You're just going to make yourself miserable. Certainly, I don't think the Orioles' front office is going to uh, go around taking too much of the postseason performance by players who were still counting on being key parts of the team over subsequent years, like Adley Rutschman, to heart too much, or, you know, Grayson Rodriguez, or even Kyle Bradish, maybe to a lesser extent, Dean Kramer. And, you know, they, they do have to figure out, hopefully, how they can build a postseason team. But to some extent, also, uh, it's like what Billy Bean says, that my stuff doesn't work in the playoffs, except I believe he doesn't say stuff. He says a word that I leave off of this show so that I can click clean on the uh, podcast upload. And that was what the demonstration of this series was for us. It was Billy Bean's... My stuff doesn't work in the playoffs except for Mike Elias. The Orioles, they could have won this series. They could have, but they didn't play well. It's a real interesting contrast uh, to, say, the 2014 American League Championship Series in that I exit the series with no particular animus towards the Texas Rangers. It is not a series where I feel like a vastly inferior team managed to win. And I mean, about that, I still hate the freaking Royals, man. I just want to say that. To this day, the whole franchise, it is not the bone-deep, lifelong hatred of the Yankees, but it is there. Like everyone who is on the 2014 Royals, I have celebrated every instance of failure for the remainder of their professional baseball careers. And for the few of them who are still in the league, we'll continue to celebrate that failure. To heck with each and every one of those guys. But as for this series, you know, these were two... Evenly matched teams, if you go off the Pythagorean expected win-loss records of the teams for the year, the Rangers were a 96-win team, the Orioles, 94 wins. There you go, pretty evenly matched. The series, it really could have played out several different ways. But again, unfortunately for us, the one we got is this one. Maybe in some other universe, across the multiverse, whatever, a different timeline, different things happen. Uh, But that's not what we got the rangers as a team, you know, they didn't really have any annoying antics unless you are really uh, a hater of the band creed out there and when it came out before game 3, that creed is like the rangers hype thing, it is a little weird, I guess. Um, but I don't I don't care, you know, and the rangers, they didn't win this series due to an ongoing series of flukes. I really the one fluky play, I think was like the little squibber uh, in game two. It was a hit by Mitch Garver. I'm not sure. He was running maybe like t- 12 inches into uh, fair territory. Grayson Rodriguez, instead of throwing it into Garver's back or whoever the batter was, I'm sorry, I don't exactly remember. It did a little lollipop throw. The guy was safe. There was a runner on third that since it was such a squibber, Rodriguez didn't even have a play at the plate. That was annoying. All of that was annoying. But that was like the only little flute play. Like everything else just... You know, the Orioles players they needed, for the most part, didn't come through in the series in the way that they needed them. Individual Orioles certainly did, but it wasn't enough. And, you know, the Orioles, they lost to the Rangers. If the Rangers keep playing like they did in this series against the Orioles, and that was a continuation of how they played in their card series against the Rays, they're going to have a pretty darn good chance of winning the World Series. At the moment... Their possible ALCS opponent, it's going to be either the Astros or the Twins. The Astros have a 2-1 to series advantage. It could end up being an All-Texas ALCS. The Rangers, they've got no titles in their history in Texas, or even before that in their history as the Washington Senators. So that's an interesting thing. I, I will say, you maybe know this about me, my baseball fandom philosophy is this. I hate every team that is not the Orioles. The only thing is who do I hate more over time and who do I actively hate at the moment? And these Rangers, they are not particularly an active hate. Even here after they've swept the Orioles. Uh if they do go on to win at all, you know, I won't be rooting for them along the way because I only root for the Orioles and for outcomes that help the Orioles make the playoffs. But on the scale of bitterness uh towards the other team, it won't be that great if the Rangers go on to win. I think. They've certainly looked like they would be a deserving winner through their first five games of the postseason. If that continues, you know, good for them. Again, I mean, the Orioles, they could have won in this series. They just didn't play well. There are all these emerging narratives, like people that are out there wanting to believe that the long layoff from winning the buy hurt the Orioles. I'm sorry it is nonsense to think that. It is trying to bring order to a chaotic universe you try to make sense of randomness and i get the impulse but it's just it's i don't think it makes any sense you know last year half the teams that got the buys won this year the orioles certainly didn't win and it's not looking great for the dodgers either but it does look pretty good for the astros and i think the braves have a pretty good chance of uh making the most of their buy as well, and. There's another narrative, like some people are out here wanting to blame Brandon Hyde for this or that. I just, I don't really see it. I think that he put players in positions where they had the best chance to succeed, and too many of them could not do it. The one thing, the one thing I do think is kind of worth criticizing, well, the fact that Jacob Webb pitched enough to give up two ultimately important home runs in two different games, that's not great. Neither is Brian Baker in the third inning of game two. But like, again, I mean, the alternative to Baker is you put in Jack Flaherty in maybe three innings, four innings, whatever, to try and stop the bleeding there. But would it have felt so much better? No. And I mean, he gave up one run in two innings. So I, you know, I, I I don't find too much to criticize there. For the most part, I think that the Orioles and no team. I can really have a good backup plan to when a starting pitcher who is, is important as Grayson Rodriguez, you know, second half Grayson Rodriguez was certainly a big part of why the Orioles were able to have a strong second half. Like, you know, when, when the guy that's that good stinks that much, there's only so much you can do to respond to that. And I, you know, I I just don't think it's fair to put too much criticism on Hyde for, You know, it was obvious, given that there was no John Means available in the series. Like, of course, Bradish and Rodriguez are your one, two guys. Like, that's it, you know? And then it didn't work out. They they put the guys in good spots to help the team. And Rodriguez, especially, he wasn't able to do it. And I think there's even a third narrative. And that is that, oh, the Orioles, they needed to do more at the trade deadline. And I'll tell you, I certainly don't think it could have hurt. On the other hand, the Orioles won 101 games. It happened. The team did a lot of good this year. I mean, could it maybe have been better in this series if the Orioles had acquired a better pitcher at the deadline than Jack Flaherty? Yes, but also there were a lot of pitchers who got traded who were not better than Jack Flaherty, although, well, they weren't good enough. They maybe were better than Flaherty, but still were not good enough. Would it have been good if the Orioles got a better pitcher than Cole Irvin last January or a better reliever than Shinjiro Fujinami in July? Again, sure, maybe. But like game one and game three of the series, they saw such poor offense from the Orioles. It is hard to quibble too much about pitching stuff for those games and, you know, Grayson Rodriguez pitching poorly in Game 2 combined with Bradis pitching less badly, but definitely not as good as the Orioles needed in Game 1. Like, this stuff, what could they have done differently? It doesn't matter that much. Like, okay, maybe whatever your deadline starter is, pitches Game 3 of this series, maybe he does better than Kramer, but so what, you know? Uh, the offense was what it was. Maybe the July reliever earns a roster spot. Unlike Fujinami, maybe that pushes Baker or Webb off. Okay, if that one haunts you a bit, I get it. I do get that one. But again, the Orioles that we saw in the regular season pitched their, played their way to 101 wins. I don't think for the postseason it was a bad way to approach it to say, dance with them what brought you. And this time, this time it just didn't work. So... Next year, I don't know. We'll see what happens next year. I will be back to talk with you about that in future episodes. The mailbag is camdencastpod at gmail.com if you have any thoughts or questions for a future episode. I've got a few good ones that have queued up over the last week and a half or so that I will be hitting over the next few episodes. Listeners, David, Zach, and the Fancher siblings, I'm sorry if I pronounced that last name wrong. Your comments are coming soon, now that the postseason is over, thank you to those folks and to everyone who has written in so far over the course of this season. That's all that I've got for today. If you enjoy this show, please subscribe and tell someone you know about it. At this moment, now that the season is over, I'm going to try and see if I can do a show every Monday morning or at least most Monday mornings, even over the off season. Time will tell if I can stick to that, but for now, that's what we'll do, so I will be back with you on Monday to try to start to wrap up this whole season beyond just losing in the postseason and still being extremely fresh, bitter uh, aftermath of that. Good Morning Birdland is a Camden Cast production on the Fans First Sports Network. This is Mark Brown signing off.